When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off to the fake, he's going to air it out. Deep downfield, has a man open, it's caught at the 15-yard line by Van Jefferson. And he gets up and rumbles to the end zone. Meanwhile, Fields in the game with the play clock, goes right down to zero. Here goes Fields, can he get in? Yes, he can. So the Bears on a drive that consumes almost two-thirds of a quarter, punch it in. So you're basically going to read this guy right there. And you also had a lead blocker in front. Who was the tight end coming across there? That was fantastic. Holtz. J.P. Holtz not only secured the first guy, the read guy, he got the second one as well. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time for the Bears Podcast with uh, actor comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you? I am doing uh, doing well. I was did I did I mention I I went to the game in person? Did I mention that? Oh, I didn't know there were fans at the game. <laughs> Al, was it a new stadium? Al never brought up the fans or the stadium. Ad that nauseum. sounds <laughs> or the canopy roof. Yeah, it's not a canopy roof. A canopy. The canopy roof. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's get the business out of the way first. Uh, of course, you, you are listening to the Pointless Exercise podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, I mean, why not? It's free. Uh, subscribe wherever you buy your free podcasts or go to discipio.com and click on the little link. You can also go to Discipio and uh, subscribe to the Pointless Exercise newsletter where um, take this brand of hilarity and cram it into your email box at least a couple of times a week. Um, and you, but you have to read it. I don't read it to you. Um, and that, uh, either go to discipio.com or pointlessexercise.com. Uh, and I'm on the Twitters at, uh, slash discipio.com. And, uh, Mike, where are, uh, where are all of your things? I'm at, uh, mikepusateri.com. There you'll find links to the, the Twitter, the Instagram, the IMDB. Uh, and I will be, uh, performing a live standup here on October 1st at Flappers in Burbank. And uh, one of these days, I'll get around to putting a, a link to the tickets in a bio on Instagram, hopefully prior to October 1st. Yeah. After it won't do you much good. Probably not. Yeah. So you got to do it before. Yeah. All right. We're <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, so how was SoFi Stadium? Well, at the risk of, you know, upsetting any, anybody, any listeners to the podcast who had to endure the telecast. It was pretty awesome. 
<laughs> it was uh, it was a well spent five plus billion dollars. <laughs> Definitely the coolest thing I've coolest stadium I've ever been in by far. Um, you know, there's essentially no walls to it, so you kind of get the ocean breeze kind of going uh, past you. All the sight lines are great. That video board thing is amazing. So the um, it's it's not a it's not a ribbon board it's not a jumbotron it's an infinity ring I think is what they call it it's so, something like that and yeah. so if you're sitting and looking up and you have a view of the inside of the ring you can see it clearly if you're a little farther back you see the outside of it yeah right? so which side yeah. of the infinity ring did you get to see uh, well I saw so I was seated at the thirty five. So I saw the, uh, we were facing Al and Chris. They were on the other side of the field. Okay. So whatever side you would call that. But the cool thing, the way they had it situated is a lot of those, you know, a lot of times of those things, your eye just goes to the video board, not the field. Yeah. It's like you're end up watching television. The way this was designed, your eye always goes, stays on the field, which is pretty cool. You just know you have that up there. Uh, in case you uh, in case you want to take a look, yeah. and uh, yeah, I have to give a shout out to a long, long, uh, long time fan of the podcast, uh, my friend Jason Brist for the uh, ticket hookup, and uh, we got us into some uh, some nice nice sections, some good food, some uh, some good booze. It was quite the experience. So uh, he he could get you hooked up to, for more tickets at the, at SoFi. Is that cause if, uh, if yacht rock review goes, you should go. I'm sure though. I'm sure that's where they play. <laughs> I'll start. Uh, I'll start putting in my request. It's weird though. As you're wait, waiting to get inside, it looks like a spaceship, you know, it looks like yeah. a spaceship. It looks like you're about to board a spaceship. It even sounds like a spaceship while you're waiting there. It's almost like you hear like a humming from an, a, it sounds like an exhaust from this futuristic engine. That's kind of, making this hum and uh, it's, it does not disappoint, you know, and of course he goes down. So you're uh, sure Alan Chris mentioned that um, it's like built a hundred feet into the ground. So you end up taking escalators down oh. to get to your seat. Like, uh, so like the pit in, uh, in Albuquerque um, mm-hmm. that, and that, um, and just like uh, Chick Evans field house into Cal, Illinois. Also there you go. You come in at ground level and go down into the arena. Yeah, there's. I'm plant- sure they designed that they, they did it say that they designed SoFi based on Chick Evans Fieldhouse. Well, yeah, Chick Evans' photograph is in every corner, <laughs> just with a big thanks, Chick. And right. you know, people who are not in the know don't understand why that's there. No, I mean, they don't know. Just, famous, you, just, you just explained it. Yeah. Don't yeah. Fam- well, yeah, and famous golfer who. Uh, right, Evan Scholars. Yes, and yes, Evan Scholars uh, was a. Uh, they had like a co-ed. Um, it's not a frat, but whatever it was. Um, it's something like that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rico, like, and yeah. we went to um, went to lots of parties at Chick Evans Scholars. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I don't know if you knew. That. I guess you. I, did they show? Uh, they show Vaj McCaskey on the ribbon board at any point? Did they? Uh, you know, if they did, I I missed that. Well, they but showed the way- her on the telecast, uh-huh. and <laughs> it seemed pretty reckless. I thought to uh, to take poor grandma. And strap her to the t- top of the wagon and f- drive her all the way to L.A. But yeah. there's clearly a reason that they... T- it wasn't, oh, it's opening game, Mom. We got to go. Yeah. No, it's, mm-hmm. hey, th- they built a $5 billion stadium out there. You might want to take a look because we're, you know, we want we want one now. Yeah. 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 If only there were some uh, 
property available in Arlington Heights. Yeah, there is no way, as has been pointed out on Twitter and by others, that the that the McCaskey family, they're looking at that stadium going, oh, my God, we, we can't get out of Soldier fast right. enough. And they, and they walk into Soldier Field on Sunday, they're going to be like, oh, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> Do you think that yeah. they'll just build this – They'll just steal the plans and build SoFi Stadium in Arlington Heights and then be like, oh, man, we probably should have put walls on this thing. (laughs) We wanted the ocean breeze to come through in Arlington Heights. They have the final four there one year, and there's a snow drift on the court. Yeah, like 30 below. The balls won't bounce, but other than that, everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Al was – and Chris was even giving Al crap about, you know, about how over the top he was getting about SoFi. <laughs> um, but I don't know, maybe L. do we know, maybe L lives there. Oh, L's an L.A. guy, yeah. I mean, in SoFi. Oh, like maybe probably... they build a condo into it, and he's just, actually, they were broadcasting the game from his, uh, from the I mean, lanai that he has that juts out over the field. There's enough room in there. He, there might be an Al Michaels residence in there. Who knows? The uh, Lamar Hunt has had a suite built into uh, Arrowhead, and they still some of the family stays in that the night before and the night after Chiefs games. That's so cool. It's not unheard of that they yeah, yeah. Uh, would do that. So yeah, the stadium was nice. So you sat at the 35. So the Bears never drove the ball past you. Is that right? Yeah, pretty. That's what it felt like. Yeah. yeah, especially after that first after that first David Montgomery run, when the Bears fans came alive. You know yeah, that game was it was, it was, was reminiscent of the Super Bowl in Miami. That game was super exciting for like the first uh, thirty five seconds. Yeah, right. You had like the, the long kickoff. Plays. You had the you had the uh, cor- the uh, tribute to Cordero Patterson. With Khalil <laughs> Herbert taking the ball almost on the back end line, but then breaking it for like 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Then the handoff to David Montgomery, and he barrels right down inside the 15. Right. Then uh, Justin Fields comes in, throws a pass, nine yards, boom. Right. Well, you're forgetting, you don't forget the the uh, the four-yard pass by Andy Dalton oh, right. on, on the second play of the game, is which Chris Collinsworth then turns into, wow, look at Andy Dalton is leading this team down the field. <laughs> So they get to they get a third and one with Fields on the field and immediately take him off the field. What? Because uh, why would you want your dual threat quarterback um, on there the on, on third and short? Yeah, inside right. the ten or five, whatever it was. Right. Uh, they so then they they jump off sides. Yeah, false start. I guess false start. False That's start. Uh, call timeout because they the... play play somehow after the penalty the play clock was running out uh, and then uh, Dalton throws an interception. That was tipped. Yeah. Now, there's two interesting things about the tipped pass. Number one, if you watch the replay, all it did was change which Ram was going to intercept the pass. It was getting picked either way. And with the tip, that ball went, I believe, uh, 13, 14 yards in the air. That was the longest pass that the Bears attempted in the entire game. And the so only reason pathetic. it went that far is because a Ram batted it Helped Andy by batting it up the field a little bit for him. Oh, fantastic. Now, did you see the um, the next-gen stats showed every one of Allen Robinson's, the routes that he ran during the game? And I saw he, that. I think I saw that somewhere, yeah. It was in the pointless exercise. That's where I saw it. <laughs> um, he played an entire game. The Bears had the ball for 35 minutes. 
He's their best receiver. Mm-hmm. He never ran a route longer than eight yards. It's what amazing. What the fuck are they doing? I have no idea. And they have all these guys, you know, with world class speed, and 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 they can't complete any pass greater than ten yards. So, um, Marquise Goodwin, who uh, caught a few passes, yeah. he commented today. I saw that, that uh, he wasn't exactly on board with the. Uh, I don't know how we're supposed. To, I don't know how you're supposed to beat Jalen Ramsey and those guys if nobody ever runs more than ten yards. It's like, yeah, you are, you are exactly right, Marquise. Yes, correct. You learn fast. And, yes. Yeah, so I'm sure he's has he been cut now? Have they cut him already? Uh, after probably, those remarks, uh, yeah, he's been reassigned to the practice squad. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, you couldn't have had – I mean, our expectations, obviously, we were low. We talked about it for, for the season. We talked about it on the podcast. But that first drive, this was – you're like, here we go. Maybe we get this touchdown, take the fans out of the game. There were a fair amount of Bears fans there, as yeah. you would expect. They were they were pumped up. And then, you know, the classic – you know, it's really not a Bears game unless you call the completely unnecessary timeout in the first quarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nagy played the hits. Um, <laughs> burn, burn a timeout for no apparent reason. Right. Um, then they had the uh, the fourth and fifteen, where they threw the where the pass even had the receiver caught it was going to carry him out of bounds two yards short of the first down. Yeah. I mean that's like a bear. That's that's uh, what did Tony Soprano say? That goes back to time immemorial. <laughs> time immemorial. Yeah, well, I think as you pointed out, nobody leads the league in you know gaining five yards yep. on third on third and eighth than the, I mean, than they, the Bears. Bear quarterbacks have like a a seventy five percent completion percentage on third and ten, uh, and the average gain is four and a half yards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, that guy was open. Yeah, he was open because they left him open because four guys could tackle him before he got to the first down mark. That's why right. they left him open. Right. Right. Yeah. The. The game plan made, as you would expect from Manny, as we've come to expect from Manny, the game plan made no sense. No sense. None. Um, the the Rams dictated everything the Bear offense did, and that it was two things. It was um, the Rams played this kind of weird shell defense where they keep their safeties deeper than most teams do, and it, part of it, it helps that they have Jalen Ramsey, who basically takes an entire half of the field away. And their whole thing is to force you to throw the ball in front, and they're going to come up and tackle you before you could get a first down. Which um, they had, I think they had the best third down percentage for defense last year, and like this, the um, fewest yards allowed on third downs. And that's the whole thing is built around that. But they, it, the Bears, made it easier for them because. They came into the game knowing that not only could they play that defense, but they didn't even need to put the requisite number of people in the box to start the to stop the run. Most teams play seven and then bring an eighth guy down in obvious run um, situations. The Rams played usually five, and then six if they f- just felt like it. And so David Montgomery actually had some had some nice gains. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give him a lot of credit because you'll be shocked to know he led the league this last week in yards after contact. <laughs> the reason being that he would always be hit immediately after he got the handoff and then somehow spin out of it and actually get a gain. Well, the reason the Rams could stay in that defense is that 
Sean McVay has coached against Nagy long enough. It's his fourth year in a row that they've coached against him. He's now won three in a row against Nagy. He knows Nagy doesn't really want to run the ball. Right. And so he's not going to stick with it. A good good coach in that situation would have loaded up and run until the Rams brought the normal number of guys into the box to open up the passing game. Nagy would run it a couple of times and then pass, pass, punt. Yep. It was – and – we knew it as fans that he wouldn't stick with it. And, of course, the Rams knew it. Certainly. I yeah. don't know why, every, as far as I'm concerned, every team should do that to the Bears this year. Well, and they, well they, they, if they didn't already, they have a, they have a blueprint yeah. on what to do right now. Uh, yeah, and the sequencing of the running was so ridiculous, too, because Montgomery was, had a great game. You know, he was, he was a terrific player, but he, he, they, they wouldn't give him the ball. They gave him the ball so sporadically. Yeah. He couldn't get into a rhythm. They couldn't establish a running game. They couldn't do what you're talking about, force the Rams to come up and stop the run. And then maybe some of this world-class speed and Allen Robinson can get open down the field and we can have a football game. None of that transpired. So if I told you he ran the ball 16 times in the first half, you'd be like, oh, that seems a little light. He didn't. He ran 16 times for the game. For the game, yeah. Why is he not And I know he missed times? He missed part of the third quarter because he, right. he jammed his finger. But he came back and he kept playing. They still only ran the ball 25 times as a team. Yeah. They had the ball for 35 minutes. The right. Rams were like, go ahead, run the ball. Run it. See, let's see you do it. Rams and were happy to happy to let them run. Go right ahead. And go right ahead. There's so many reasons why that defense should have um, – that the defense that a good coach would have got them out of that defense right away. Right. Um, part of the reason is you, the worst part of your offensive line are your tackles. Yeah. Especially bad when the left tackle changed every four minutes. <laughs> right. Um, as somebody pointed out, when David the Bears had so many injuries during the game, starting with Jason Peters and then Larry Borum, that when Montgomery hurt, jammed his finger, they went to go into the tent, the little blue tent, but it was occupied. <laughs> no no vacancy. Occupi- Occupado. <laughs> no room at the tent. So, well, as you said, Jason Peters was in there for a nap. I think. <laughs> yeah, like, don't wake him up. It's scheduled. He's fine. Guys, Jason's sleeping. Come on, he's old. Um, I don't know why this game started so late. Um, <laughs> so your tackles are not good. If the Rams are going to let you run the ball, that's a gift to you. Yeah. Because yeah. run the ball, get them to get them to have to play the run a little bit, take a little heat off your tackles. But no. They don't do that. And then just keep playing the the immobile quarterback. Right. So that he's just a complete sitting duck with your ridiculous plan. Uh, and that's the one thing Dalton did very well was get rid of the ball immediately to avoid getting killed. Right. And that's why they didn't – that's why the routes were so short. That was all yeah. by design. That was they had no chance. get it out, blah, blah, blah. He's, yeah, he's got so, 2.1 seconds to throw this before he ends up in the hospital, and he just did that all night, which is not an insignificant skill, by the way, <laughs> and very good self-preservation yeah. by him. But obviously, well, his whole goal, you, his whole goal was just to live for Bengals week. Yeah, well, Bengals. he made it. And he, he made, made it. He made it out of there with his spleen intact, which I, I didn't think was going to happen. Unless he lacerates his finger at home somehow or does that something stupid like that. Yeah, gets hit by a car in his driveway. Right. Um <laughs> So, I almost wondered if they were 
So like the Steelers last year. Steelers also had a bad offensive line last year. The Steelers have a bad offensive line this year. And the way they countered it was by turning Ben into a 350-pound you know, <laughs> dink-and-dunk quarterback. Yeah. Um, but the difference was their offense wasn't exclusively the six-yard patterns. Right. There would be a lot of them, but they would also, as the defense started to creep up, then all of a sudden, now you're, you know, now there's a double move. And Nagy bragged on one play, the play when Dalton got sacked, where he kind of did the Mitch thing, where he got away from the first game and then just kept backing up. Yeah, lost and like then lost 15 yards. yards. Yeah. Nagy said after the game, well, we had a double move on that one. And uh, if he hadn't gotten, if he hadn't gotten sacked, he might have, we might have had something there. <laughs> If he hadn't, if he hadn't a, lot of, tackled, a lot of mites in there. Yeah. If he hadn't, and he might, we might have, and way to be confident. So one play out of the whole game, and it was a terribly designed play that he had no chance of, of having enough time to throw it. Let me ask you, where did Nagy get an invisible visor? Yeah. Because I, I refuse to believe that he was not wearing a visor during that game. So he had, he had to have an invisible one on. He, so uh, he has enough savvy to do that, but can't figure out a game plan. I was kind of surprised that he doesn't have the the tan line like the permanent headband yeah uh, but he doesn't so he clearly he's he's spent a fair amount of time this summer visorless he's, he's going the, the head is the head is tan like a tan well he knew he was going to be in you know southern california he had to prevent sunburn headburn so while the offense was busy stupefying us oh the, the defense, defense said hold my beer yeah was <laughs> Uh, prone to breakdowns, I think is probably a good way to put whatever the hell that was. Prone is a good as an apt word, yeah. And then, uh, did you have a good? Did you have a good angle on Van Jefferson falling to the turf at the fifteen? Uh, Eddie Jackson and uh, uh, what is it? Tashawn Gibson. I was Gibson. I always get his name wrong. Just yeah. running right past him. Yeah, that was actually so that he could pop other- right up and go score a touchdown. Right. That was actually on the other side of the 50 where we were. But, yeah, we're all looking at that going, tag him! Yeah. Tag him! So, yeah, now you got to ask about that after the game. And he said, oh, he called it a learning a learning lesson, whatever that means. Uh, and he's saying, I don't, I don't doubt either of those guys' effort. Well, I do. Because yeah. it's one thing to have a guy make a diving catch and get up and run when you just can't get back to him. Like your momentum carries you past him, and we can see you turning and trying like hell to get back to him. That's not what this was. This was two guys, like oh shit, he, that we yeah. just gave up a big play as they continued to lope away from him, and then realized, and then had to turn around. There, there was no awareness there at all. No, it was all. It was the definition of a lack of effort, is what it was. Now maybe it was a brain correct, whatever. But I'm, Andy, have you played football in the NFL? Oh, I know, I haven't. No, neither have I. Did, did you know that you have to tag the if the guy is down you have to touch him in order to be down I think did that's you know one that? of those I think that's one of those kind of hidden rules that doesn't come up much <laughs> I mean yeah did they think you have they to have a real college? deep understanding of the you got to right. really spend all that time put put your nose in the rule book to get to that one right so I right. kind of understand it it's not yeah. uh no, you know you don't see obvious. that like 35 times a game no where a player no. runs falls down and somebody runs by and just gives him a nice whack to yeah. make sure the whistle blows. Yeah. So what an insulting 
uh, explanation to learning of they, they know that you know, <laughs> the, the veterans they know that his his <laughs> only chance of keeping his job is to not have his team revolt against him well in the early so returns he's just kissing are, their are ass. Looking, yeah right but the early returns are are you, you sense a little bit of discontent already don't you well yeah already got comments his discontent no, don't you, don't you sense uh, that there's some discontent from some of the comments that we're seeing? Well, yeah, and it's so only going to get – the longer Justin Fields doesn't play, the worse it's going to get. Absolutely. Because you've got everybody in that locker room. It's like, how come this guy's not playing? Aren't we trying to win football games? How come this mm-hmm. guy's not playing? Mm-hmm. Um, the I think the worst part – I don't know why I, I, I watched his whole post-game press conference, and he seemed perfectly fine. With how yeah, things yeah. went, like, yeah, you know, we have a few yeah. things to clean up, but otherwise, no, you, it's it was one of the it's one of the worst opening day losses in Bear history, and that's yeah. saying something for this bunch. And they were never really, oh, I guess they were. When it was thirteen to seven, you thought, all right, well, maybe they can get or stay in this game, and then they they disavowed us of that thought pretty quickly in the second half. Yes, they did. Part of it, of course, is the the brilliant uh, halftime adjustments, adjustments that they always make. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. I want to I want to talk about the the Manning brothers three hour chuckle fest on ESPN two. Um, one of the things those two guys specifically talked about is there are no halftime adjustments in the NFL. <laughs> That's not what you're doing in there for 15 minutes. Right. You know you um, 12 you, minutes. Yeah. Not right. 12 minutes. You don't yeah. have time to do it. Right. Um, basically, it's um, it's rest time. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. It's uh, go to the toilet. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. So, and then you'll somehow use that as a defense. Well, see, nobody does it. Nobody makes it. <laughs> um, so, the the demise of Eddie Jackson continues at a frightening pace. Yeah. He had a terrible game. He had, um, he had that, the obvious F up when he just ran by the guy and allowed a touchdown. Mm -hmm. But there was another, there was a third down where he literally just did like a run by of a running back. And just, yeah, he just in and out of your picture. Didn't come anywhere near actually tackling the guy. The guy gets the first down. Mm Um, he just shows no interest in actually hitting anybody. And when you're a professional football player, unless you're uh, Cairo Santos, uh, of which it's not a part of the job description, right? Uh, it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some guy on uh, on the Twitters though, uh, some uh, said because Sean De- Sean Desai was the defensive backs coach before he became the uh, the, uh, the defensive coordinator that. Uh, you know, it's 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 more his fault that Eddie's <laughs> this way than than it is Eddie's. Mm. It's like, no, no, it's not. No, no, it's still Eddie's fault. It's it doesn't reflect real great on Sean Desai. No, but it's the players' fault. It's not the coach's fault. Right, right. I'd be one thing if he if if Eddie was just constantly being put in the wrong spot and he can't ever get to the ball to make a tackle. That would be mm-hmm. the coach's fault. Right. The just not wanting to tackle anybody is it's not 
But hey, at least he gets to wear number four now. He looks, he looks cool. Yeah, that, that's cool. Well, I mean, that, that of course, is, is really kind of the main story from the game. It's not so much the quarterbacks, although that is a, you know, continues to be a disaster while they're not, you know, uh, while they're playing the wrong guy. But the demise of this defense and the big plays that this defense is giving up, the two touchdown passes over 50 yards. Um, I mean, and you're talking about, I mean, that not they're not within 10 yards of the of the receiver in any case. I mean, these are easy touchdown yeah. passes. Um really, you know, just really really just shockingly like what did these guys get that old that quickly? I mean, what happened? Like we 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 kind of expect maybe a, you know, maybe a slow demise losing a half a step here or there, but they just went flat immediately. Well, um, I mean, Matthew Stafford averaged about 12 yards on an attempt. Is that <laughs> is that bad? That seems it seems bad. bad. It seems really bad. Deep, yeah, it seems bad for the defense. Um, another brilliant, uh, all too familiar Nagy thing was um, all week he refused to say who the nickelback was going to be. Oh, such a secret. Yes, and we were led to believe it was going to be Duke Shelley. And instead, right. it was Marquis Christian. And it doesn't matter because they're all bad. Yeah. So it's not like the Rams were like, oh, shit, it's Marquis Christian. We didn't prepare for him. Damn, now matter. what do we do? Basically, right. it was a 15-second conversation where they just had to just go to Stafford and say, all right, well, Marquis Christian is the guy you're going to want to throw the ball at as yeah. much as possible. Or, or really, you could throw it to you know, any any, any yeah, it doesn't uh, really matter. Back, but one. There's one guy to right. avoid, and any of the others, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of available real estate for other yeah. teams. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy Ro- Roquan tackling everybody. You know, man, that that guy just keeps on playing hard, and he did not look on that on that pass where he was uh, covering the tight end. He clearly did not look happy after that play. Like he was expecting help, yep. which never came. Yep. And he's got to be like, I'm the only guy out here busting my ass tackling everybody. <laughs> Can you guys do something? So the uh, the the usage of I guess we were told before the game that the Bears had a package for package. Justin Fields, <laughs> and we should have known, given that it's Nagy, that he doesn't really know what a package is. No, because what we got was five completely independent one-off plays. That's not a package. No, and so I was a little distressed after the game because one of the things I was thinking, and I, I wrote it was, if you're gonna if you're gonna use them at all, why wouldn't you give him say, all right, um, when we get into the red zone, you're our quarterback, right? And we're gonna that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna you know we're we're gonna, gonna be the red zone guy. This is this. your package. We're gonna work right. on this all week, and when we get into mm-hmm. the red zone, little Andy trots off, and you come in. And then I was watching the post game on Comcast Sportsnet, and Dave Wanstead said that exact thing. And then I had to question myself. I like, didn't wait sleep. Wait a minute. I didn't sleep. I, was like, <laughs> I came with the same idea that Wanstead did. Yeah. That, that's, but that's, I comforted myself with the fact that it's so obvious that even Dave Wanstead thought of it. Right. That's how obvious it is. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the package I'd like to see them give Justin Fields is uh, just every play. That could be the package. That'd be the, the entire package, offense. Yeah. That's the Justin Fields package. Here you right. go. Go take it. Yeah. 
I'm sure Andy Dalton is a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy. Guys seem yeah. to like him. He'll make a sure. very acceptable second string quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, he's going to get paid the same amount of money, and he's probably. You know, it would be funny if, um, like, after the Bengals game, if, assuming he survives it, right. that in the post game he doesn't just say, "Well, that was fun. Uh, I'm ready to be the backup now." <laughs> I got to yeah. play the Bengals. That's all I really wanted. I signed here because I played them in week two. I figured I could hang on the job for two weeks, no matter who the other quarterback was. I'm done. Right. I'm uh, done. I got my baseball cap. And uh, if you want to make me the emergency quarterback, I'd be cool with that. I don't really mind. Uh, yeah. Nick Foles is great in practice. I'm just, get, yeah. Just, I'm going to get my 10 million either way. So I'm, I'm going to show good. up on the, uh, on the 15th and the 1st, and um, it'll be fine. Um. The, I think the Bears dressed f- – no, Jesper Horstead was inactive. You didn't get to see Jesper Horstead. I'm we sure did not. Crushed. Right. So I they was. only played four tight ends. So Jesse James wandering around out there. I didn't actually see him do anything. J.P. Holtz um, was uh, notable for – he uh, he made two nice blocks on the field, touchdown run. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, Cole Komet, I thought, impressed me because for the first time he caught the – he caught you know, they, they kind of throw those little out passes to him and then he right. inevitably tries to he's i don't know like six five 265 pounds and he tries to jump over defensive backs all the time <laughs> he did not he actually ran over a guy so i thought that was progress yeah and then the, the the most interesting play of the game i thought was they got down towards the goal i guess it was the play right before the field touchdown i think they all they did was they sent jimmy graham down and he like posted up jalen ramsey mm-hmm. caught the ball and just didn't get tackled. He just kind of got you know, like humped out of bounds. Right. And he was so pissed the whole time that I was like, "Well, maybe I kind of like Jimmy Cram now." Yeah. Uh, but that was it. Then we didn't see anything else of him. So it's very odd to me that you had a sh- you developed this whole short passing game mm-hmm. for this your whole plan. And uh, let's see here. Your running backs caught five passes, but four of those were Damian Williams. So Montgomery only caught one pass. Mm-hmm. And your tight ends caught, I guess Komet had five catches. So yeah. six passes Jim, to your tight ends. Right, right. Wouldn't you think in the short passing game, your tight ends and your running backs would be like a big part of that? You, you would think. But I guess not. What do we know? We, nothing. Clearly nothing. Yeah. But, yeah. Rushing-wise, uh, Montgomery had 108 yards. Mm-hmm. I think what I thought, I think I saw the stat on the thing. That's his sixth consecutive 100-yard game. Like that's right, yeah. I think not including the the uh, Nickelodeon playoff game. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's great. That mm-hmm. and like I said the other day, that and uh, four dollars get you a bag, get you a bag of soup, and <laughs> uh, yeah, Damian Williams six six carries for twelve yards. That's not that's not good. No. Yeah, but just the so you're like, oh, well, okay. So Allen Robinson caught uh, six passes, ah, right, for thirty five yards. Right. Darnell right. Mooney caught five passes. All right. For 26 yards. Yeah. Yeah. 11. So those two combined for 11 catches for 61 yards. Wow. Average just over. 
your two best receivers averaged a little over five yards a catch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. Goodwin led them all with forty-five yards. So they will not face a Rams caliber defense on Sunday when they play the Bengals. That's true. the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the game plan will be just as mind dumb, mind numbing, except in a different direction. Right. But um, Bears were in first place alone there for for a few hours. That was fun. Yep. Yeah. O and O while everybody else was O and one. Yeah, how about those Packers? Yeah, that was great. Watch them get yeah. their ass kicked all day. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know what the – Nagy was strangely aggressive on fourth downs. Well, that's the to thing. To the point like where going... I wondered if Pat O'Donnell had, like, missed the bus. <laughs> and they're like, all right, can we can, can we punt? No, we don't have a punter? All right, we'll just go for it. That would be fine. Yeah. I got a great play for this. Well, Nagy's mastered the going for it on fourth down when you shouldn't and then not going at a yeah. fourth on fourth down when you should. Yeah, because they were they were going to cut the lead to 10, right? Right. At the time right. with the field goal. So you were going to take a two-score game and you were going to you were going to kick that field goal to make it a two-score two game. Two-score game. Right. So that's a that, that's a good use. That's that argument, but the, but then the argument uh, was, well, you're giving yourself almost no shot to make this fourth and 15 and the game is over if you don't. And that's, that's what they did. I mean, at least if they would have kicked the field goal, but this, this speaks to the lack of confidence in his defense, right? Because normally you would go, all right, with that much time left, we'll kick the field goal. It'll be a 10 point game. Our defense will stop them. You know, we got enough time to make this up. We don't need two touchdowns. We just need a touchdown on a field goal. Carol Santos can kick a field goal with three seconds remaining to tie it up. We get to overtime. I mean that's more the that's the t- traditional thinking, but um, not not that I want to give Nagy credit for thinking at all. But you do have to wonder: was that just such a lack of confidence in his defense that he's like, "Well, fuck it, we we have to because we're we're definitely not going to stop him. We got to go for it." Yeah, I mean the the problem was well, there were a lot of problems. But it was taking them so long to move the ball mm-hmm. that um, it's like, all right, well, we're not going to be able, you know. And they only got the ball back after that, after that fourth down failed. That was the fourth and 15 where they threw the pass that only would have covered 13 yards had Mooney even been in bounds. Right. Um, the Rams get the ball, and they hold it for seven minutes. Yeah. So the Bears only got the ball one more time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Bears defense allows a seven minute drive in that in that situation. Yeah, when you have to get you know, you know we gotta get the ball back. The most important thing is we gotta get the ball back. Yeah. And they just they can't do it. I mean, and they're you know <laughs> there's not much they can do with that defense at this point. No, I mean, they don't I – mean, the back half of the defense is, is really bad. Mm-hmm. And then they're 
you know, they didn't have much of a pass rush again, um, which is not a great sign. Right. So, other than that, the defense is great. Yeah, they're yeah. terrific. Can't rush but the passer and can't uh, defend receivers. But other than that, they're... Other than that, they've got defense mastered. They can hang right in there. And they have one sack on the game, is that right? Wasn't it Robert Quinn? Robert Quinn had a half a sack. Yeah. And Akeem Hicks had a half. Yeah. And it's funny, they weren't on the same play. Bears had two half sacks, unre- unrelated. Like, wait, what? Completely unrelated. <laughs> uh, well, you, we were tackling him, but they threw a touchdown pass. So we give you half a sack, and then they get, they get a full touchdown. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's not how that works. Yeah, so it was nice to see Robert Quinn dominating. Oh, yeah. He was all over. It was, it was like, oh, this is the guy we signed. This is the guy we're giving $17 million to. You're right. Hot damn. Yeah. This was all the whole off season of, you know, oh, we're going to be – we're going to be better. We're going to be more aggressive. We we were going to tackle better. We're going to, you know, all, fact, everything we got is it all new. fixed. We got to figure it all out. Yeah, right. Everything, their whole plan was fine until they realized that the games are televised. <laughs> was the only, like, oh, I'm like shit. The practice. shit. Like when practice, we could say this shit. Nobody can call us on <laughs> That's it. Right. Man, you wouldn't believe what happened right before we let the media in. We looked amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's fun, uh, not fun. It's a, it's it's an event to follow Hub during Bear games. Mm. He 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 always he just he he he's got like a mind like a steel trap. <laughs> While the Bear defense was getting his ass kicked up and down the field, he all of a sudden just out of nowhere is like, you know, I haven't heard uh, haven't heard Leonard Floyd's name much today. So f- do we really think the Bears made a mistake by letting him go? It's like his team is beating the shit out of the Bears at the moment. So right. what does that have to do with, with anything? Mm-hmm. That's a man who publishes a, supposedly, a national football publication. Right. That's great stuff. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Sunday night games are – I don't like night games um, because I don't like when that many people get to see the Bears. Mm-hmm. That's – I'm just like, no, can we just – can we just lose at noon on Sundays? That's, <laughs> right. That's what God intended. The Bears yes. play from 12 to 3, and they lose, and then you freeze up the rest of your day. You don't have to sit right. around and wait. And you don't have to have everybody – I'm sure you saw the graphic. Well, you probably saw it because I um, – that ridiculous uh, football night in America now has like 38 people on it. And they all, so they put the graphic along the bottom where they all pick the game. It was just this sea of Rams logos. <laughs> yeah. And of course they weren't wrong. Um, new addition to the, uh, to football night in America is a guy near and dear to your heart. Uh, yeah. Drew Brees. The great Drew Brees. Who yeah. apparently uh, replaced a divot uh, by putting it on top of his head. What uh, troubling trend? Maybe not troubling, but you know, an interesting trend. Uh, where did Tom Brady and Drew Brees all of a sudden get all this hair? Hmm. I mean, that subway commercial with Brady. I mean, that thing is—it's. Um, he's got like Cosmo Kramer hair. He's got yeah. so much of it going yeah. straight up, and then Drew. Right. 
I, we saw Drew every time he took his helmet off. There wasn't much going on up there, and all of a no, sudden, not a, not a whole lot. Yeah. I wonder. They're very careful about the way they shoot it. I wonder if he's got the Ryan Sandberg. He only paid for the front, like he only the, the hair, hair plugs. plugs. The hair plugs only go, you know, the the front half of the head. Right, um, right, right. Not springing for the back. Well, maybe That's, he had the the Joe Buck hair plug treatment that uh, almost cost him his voice. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, when it comes to hair, I, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Andy Dalton with the the red the red mop, the Beaker-esque. Yeah. And then the beard. It's a very aggressive look. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, maybe he wants people to think that he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> so what did Drew out. Right. What did Drew do on the on the anything? Uh no, he just made a some kind of banal. He made he did make a joke. Oh. Um they were doing the highlights of Saints um Packers. Packers. And Jameis for touchdown pass that legitimately covered 60 yards in the air. <laughs> and Drew said uh, I was told that was the thing that has been missing from the Saints offense in recent years, which is actually <laughs> kind of funny. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a lot. I didn't see a lot of uh, uh, Notre Dame Toledo on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on Peacock. Peacock. And uh, that was Drew's debut as the Notre Dame analyst. Another just uh, – we. For Notre Dame fans, um, you've gone from Doug Flutie to, I guess, the Dunge took a year in there, mm. and then on to Breeze. It's like, that's right, because Notre Dame has never had a quarterback that could ever possibly own. come back and announce the games. you got to get well, somebody from Boston College or Purdue instead. And you know who Notre Dame plays this weekend? They play Purdue, correct? That's right. And there's some right. concern, given the sparse crowd at Notre Dame Stadium, that it will be infiltrated by uh, Purdue people. Well, let's hope so. I let's think the so. sparse crowd probably had more to do with the fact they were playing Toledo. <laughs> but if I assume Drew is doing this game. Yeah, he's the he's the yeah. guy. He's the Notre Dame I analyst know. now. And so that's, that's until Chris Collinsworth dies, and then he gets to finally ascend to the to the big chair. I think that's the long term plan. You sure Collinsworth's son doesn't just slide right <laughs> yeah. up into there? Jack. Jack. Well, he should be doing it. He's a Notre Dame alum. He's the one who would be in the games. He's annoying as hell, but, I mean, who isn't? They went to Notre Dame. It's it's part of the deal to be annoying as hell. Yes. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I don't... uh, There's a... I guess they're going to do the timeshare again, where Al's not going to do every Sunday night game. Tarico will pop in and do a few. I mean, Mike Tarico, the whole reason he came to NBC was to do Olympics and Sunday night football. You know, right. uh, Al's 70 years old at the time he makes the move. He's like, how much longer is he going to stick around? Well, Al's 76 <laughs> now. Yeah. And there's, um, there's a lot of people thought NBC has a Super Bowl this year. And there's a lot of thought that he'll do he'll do another Super Bowl, and then he'll... Like That'll be it. step aside. There's even some thought that maybe um, he'll do the Amazon Thursday night package. So Amazon will throw just a shitload of money to him, and he'll just do those. But mm-hmm. I just have a feeling Al's going to be like, "Fuck, I'm not going anywhere. Fuck it." Yeah, I'm Al Michaels. I got this job as long as I want. Right. 
And despite him talking about the canopy roof uh, all the time, he's still really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no yeah. drop off there, so it's not like, um, you know, he's not in. He hasn't gone Dick Stockton on us, right? Like he right. still knows what's going on, and um, so I don't see any any need for for NBC to push him out. Mm-hmm. So while we're talking announcer, I, announcers, um, you said you saw a little bit of the Manning, the Manning brothers. Uh, yucking, yucking it up in ESPN too. Yeah, I didn't really know what to think of this when they said they were going to do this. Um, I, other than the fact Peyton Ellis has come across to me as being uh, kind of a kind of a dork, but it, other than the fact he beat the Bears in a Super Bowl, kind of an endearing one. Like mm-hmm. he actually he's a, he's a smart guy. He's even though he's ridiculously rich, he's he at least pretends to be self-deprecating, and so he at least right. do that. And then yeah. um, Eli is just like he just seems like this blank slate. But then when you would see him interviewed or whatever, you'd realize he's he's yeah he's kind of dumb, but he's funny. Mm-hmm. My fear with the ESPN two thing was a it sounded like it was going to be those two plus a third person was going to kind of like, you know, try to set them up for stuff. And I thought, well, that's just going to get annoying. And then the, the ESPN-ification of things is they take a simple idea and they stuff it so full of shit that it's not enjoyable. Right. You're, well, you're, was, describing, you're describing ESPN or, or, or Marquee at this point? Well, yeah. If it was, well, I'm sure Ryan is. That was my thought was why Marquee should do it with the Urlacher brothers, Brian and Casey. See, so, yeah, that'd be funny. Um, those two. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get the Telestrator out. Oh, oops. I ac- uh, accidentally has pictures of me uh, climbing through a window at the Capitol on January 6th. Um, <laughs> so it, it did not start promisingly. They they had bits prepared. Mm. And Peyton was way too excited. Like he was like... He was talking too fast, and he was talking too loud, and they did this thing, which I'm sure sounded good on paper, which was when the Raiders first got the ball, he put a visor on and a headset, like he was John Gruden, and he had a play sheet. And I think the whole idea was to show how complicated it is to get a play from the coach to the quarterback to the huddle, then get to the field, get, get up to the line, and make the adjustments before he snapped the ball. So he had like this long play call that he was doing as Gruden. Then he was pretending he was uh, David Carr or uh, Derek Carr mm-hmm. and he was calling it in the huddle and then he was going to make adjustments at the line. The problem is the Raiders were going up tempo. So <laughs> Peyton was, and Peyton couldn't really tell because he's got a big screen in front of him, but he's also trying to read off the play sheet. So he's way behind. So now he's way too excited and he's, and he's almost making, you could see Eli in the bottom square looking nervous. Like, what is, <laughs> how, um, yeah. Then they did it with Eli was, um, the, they changed it up where Eli was going to call the play into Peyton. So Peyton put on this Ravens helmet that they had, on, but it, it barely fit on the top of his head. <laughs> I'm glad Eli, you didn't try try that out ahead of time. Yeah. Which Eli, and why well, I, I have a feeling they, that was, that was part of the gag. Yeah, because Eli then spent the next five minutes making fun of how big Peyton's head was, <laughs> and then Peyton kind of calmed down, and they ditched the bits, and they just let the two of them sit there and watch the game and talk about it, which was the whole idea in the first place. Right, and it was perfectly enjoyable. Like it's two, even though they both kind of you know 
slack-jawed yokel sounding. It's two smart guys who played NFL quarterback. Yeah, they know what's going on. Right. And it's by Monday night, we've seen so goddamn much football that unless <laughs> unless the Bears are in the Monday night game, Unless your team is in the Monday night game, who doesn't who who's really going to push back against kind of a casual way of watching the game? You're right, nobody. Yeah. Now there are some drawbacks to it that they ran into, and it got more noticeable as it went along. Which was some of it turned out to be funny, some of it not. Um, they're just watching the Monday night game the way we are. So like when, um, when Steve Levy and Brian Gracie and um. Um, Lewis Riddick are doing a video package or they're talking about something. We're seeing it, but we're not hearing it. Right. And then it's going to commercial on the big broadcast schedule. And they had a few times where they were in the middle of a story or one time when Ray Lewis actually had saved him. Ray Lewis was in this rambling story and Peyton just had to go, no, we got to go to commercial because it was <laughs> just cutting to commercial. Right. So it's kind of weird that they're in t- that they don't have their own like, it's not their version of the broadcast. It's basically right. mystery science theater. They're sitting there watching <laughs> what's being played on ESPN, and they're just talking about it. Yeah. Um, and they had guests. They had um, they had, Barkley was first, then Ray Lewis, and then the second half they had Travis Kelsey and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And um, Barkley was probably a good choice for the first guest. Because Charles is always at his own speed. Right. And he he was kind of a... It's funny that Charles was like a calming presence. But they <laughs> both kind of... Peyton especially kind of relaxed and let Charles tell stories and make fun. He made fun of, of Carr. He's like, is this dude going to overthrow everybody? Yeah. And... Um, and they didn't linger on it too long. I was worried that they was they were going to go guest to guest to guest to guest and just cram it full. But they would they would kind of go in and out of it. Um, but my my favorite part of the whole broadcast was was Eli. Um, there was one part I think when Ray Lewis was on, where they were talking about audibles, and Peyton and Ray are talking to each other, and Eli is literally just sitting there doing the hot route, hot route thing from wedding crashers yeah <laughs> and they're not paying any attention to him and he doesn't care and he even gets the part where he's like like nobody knows what that is he actually even said vince vaughn's punchline at the end and eli is just like this is great <laughs> so uh so i did enjoy it i don't know they're gonna do 10 weeks of it that so there's that the six weeks they won't do it um i don't even know if they're doing this week it's detroit green bay um but except for the games the Bears are in, uh, I'm gonna. One of the things I liked about about Peyton, which I didn't think he was gonna do, because I literally heard him say he wasn't gonna do this. Um, I came around on Troy Aikman, who I used to just think never added anything to a broadcast. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Troy first started on Fox, the running joke was that he would literally read the graphics on the screen out loud, like instead of looking at the graphic and telling you something, kind of building on it, he would just read whatever it was. He was basically Ron Burgundy. If you put <laughs> right, it on right. the screen, Troy would read it. And I I went from, oh, he's terrible to, he's fine, but I don't really care. But um, over the last three years, like three seasons before this one, they did, I don't know how many Bear games, six or seven, 
And he clearly had just fucking had it with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. And he could not hide his disgust at how terribly designed the Bear offense was and how how dumb Mitch was. Right. And I'm like, see, this is exactly what we want. Now, Peyton yeah. had said on an interview, I think on the, it was on a podcast. I think it, was, it might have been on the Simmons podcast. He's like, I played quarterback in the NFL. I know how hard it is. Eli and I will not be ripping other teams' quarterbacks. Okay. He didn't make it out of the first quarter. <laughs> he, he was all over Derek Carr, who was having a terrible start to the game. And I thought, all right, this has potential. Because, um, well, that's what you want those guys to yes. do. Is that if they're not going to do that, then why are they there? There's no, there's right. There's it's no like reason. you are a Hall of Fame quarterback. If anybody yeah. has the right to call out terrible quarterback play, you have right. all the skins on the wall. You get to do it. Yeah. So it was heartening to see that he really, even if he went in intending to pull punches, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't get over it. Good. And then I don't know. You, I don't think you uh, you didn't watch the end. I don't think on. With, no, at the end, I went back to the traditional broadcast for that. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, it was one of the most ridiculous ends to a football game. It ended like four times. In fact, Gruden <laughs> after the game said, I died, I woke up, I died, I woke up. Yeah. Or he he died three times, but he woke up four, whatever it was. Um, so Russell Wilson is on by the time they get to the end of the game. And he hung around for overtime. They even joked, you know, do you need to go to bed? <laughs> He's like, no, I can watch yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. And Russell was pretty good. I mean, Russell can be kind of, Russell's Russell kind was of, good. Russell's yeah, kind of a dork, good. but I thought he did a nice job. Yeah. Um, the whole sequence where the Raiders were, they thought they scored the touchdown and won. The guys got all excited when that happened. They, all three of them, you could kind of see them jumping up and down. And then they did the re- review and they realized, okay, he was down just short of the goal line. Right. So everybody's got to come back out on the field. They even pointed out that um, Lamar Jackson was um, had been hugging guys and congratulating them, and then a few minutes later he had the ball again. Um, <laughs> so they went from that, then they couldn't punch it in, then they had the penalty. Then because you can't just kick the field goal because you had the first possession, the game's not over. Right. Like it made sense. They're at the. They've had two terrible attempts to try to get in the end zone. It makes sense. All right, just kick the field goal. Well, no, you don't want to do that, because if the Ravens come down and score a touchdown, you lose. So they end up having to call a play. It hits a guy in the helmet. It gets intercepted, and now they don't have it at all. Then they get the ball back on the fumble, and they're going to kick the uh, field goal, and they don't get the field goal team out in time. And they get a delay game, and then they're not in field goal range anymore. And all this is happening, and so then when the the ridiculous touchdown pass happens at the end. Those three guys didn't, I mean, they just kind of sat there. Like, <laughs> did is it over? Did we just, what the hell right. was this last five minutes? They just kind of all had this dumb look on their face, which <laughs> Eli always has, but the other two had it too. Yeah. Uh, and then they were just like, okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> so I think a note they're probably getting this week is, guys, we might want to find a way to wrap up yeah. Yeah. the games. Um, but it was kind of stupefying how. Yeah, Eli always does have that look of, I have to go take a poop on his face. Yes. <laughs> he does. He always yeah. looks a little. He's he always looks completely confused. Yeah, whether he is or not. Um, I would have asked. Um, I would have spent the whole time talking to Russ about. Was he really? You wanted to be a bear? <laughs> really? What? Why was that? that? Why would that have appealed to you? Yeah, you've seen them play, right? But, uh, You've seen what they do to quarterbacks. But it is what it is. Um, yes. 
All right, so the Bears this week get the the mighty Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bengals beat the Vikings in overtime in a game that looked like it was going to be a tie, which would have been a perfect Bengal Vikings start to the season. Right, uh, but they won, so they actually they come in one and zero to the Bears zero and one. And if the Bears, uh, you shouldn't ever have a must win in week two. <laughs> week two, yeah. But I mean this. It's kind of a must win. Yeah, I mean, in, in our preseason preview, I you know, I yeah, this is supposed to be win be, number one. Yeah, and, well, yeah, and, and I have got them winning two of the next three, and I don't, I don't feel too good about that <laughs> based on what we just saw. Because now we should give a little credit to the special teams. The special teams is actually pretty good for the Bears. Other than that, uh, offense and defense. We've got truckloads of problems on both sides of the ball. With no realistic way to fix these things. Offense you could fix by starting Justin Fields. That'll at least help. Uh, defense, you're just screwed. You're just screwed. Yeah. So you have them beating, winning. Uh, Bengals. And, uh, beating the Bengals and losing to the Browns next week, in two weeks, but then beating the Lions. So right. the Lions fucked me on Sunday. Um, I only of all the picks I made, which were atrocious. My picks were terrible. I think it was five and nine. Um, <laughs> but I bet a lot more money on the five than the nine, so I ended up. I came out. Wait, wait. I, I told the good people that read the picks column. That's you know, that's what you do. No, I basically said yeah. if you faded me, which was my advice, you went nine and five. Right. You did great. Um, yeah. they the only two games that I actually bet on on Sunday were um. Niners over Lions and Rams over Bears. Very confident in the second one. And in the first one, especially when in the second half, the Niners, who um, I had plus uh, or minus eight and a half, yeah, which was the biggest line on the board, but I'm like, it's the Lions. I'm fine. They took a 28-point lead in the second half. (laughs) And I was watching Red Zone most of the day. I did have a second game up on the second TV, but I think by then I may have actually thrown like the Cub game up to like keep an eye on that. And right. all of a sudden, Scott Hansen's like, "We haven't been uh, paying much attention to the Lions and Niners, but maybe we should have been because the Lions had just uh, they'd scored to cut it to um, sixteen onside kick. George Kittle couldn't handle it. Lions have the ball back. Lions go down, score another touchdown." go for two and this is a big two-pointer for me because if they if they're down nine if they don't make it they're down 10 if they don't make it and they're down uh eight if they do and um i don't remember who it was one of the writers who's made a ridiculous like the the santonio holmes barely getting both tippy toes in on the sidelines in fact it initially was called incomplete and the other ref ran in and called it that it was good and uh and the uh, Lions only lost by eight points. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That's why, yeah, the, as the great Doug Buffon used to say, he who, la- who, he who gambles lives in shambles. There you go. There you go. Well, you had the Bears game right, though. I did, and that one I really wasn't too worried about ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately. And uh, I gotta look here. We gotta see what their uh, 
See what the line is? Well, we we talked about how I mean this season could this season could devolve very quickly. But there's no way that we think that Nagy is actually going to get fired in season. I mean, I I don't see it. And I I use the I, the Bears have never done it. Yeah. The Bears have never had one in uh, <laughs> the remember God this, knows they, remember yeah, this God crap knows podcast. Remember yeah. this crap podcast which returns uh, a football podcast live. We ran a rerun last week. Uh, people didn't seem to like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the <laughs> metrics, uh, not a lot of enthusiasm. And it was, it, and it really is a good one. The Rams one from last year is really funny. We found all kinds of ridiculous shit with the Rams. So I do recommend that people revisit that one. If not only for the whole, the terribly inappropriate, um, we somehow ended up at the end of the podcast um, <laughs> reenacting what it must be like when John Robinson goes and picks that we basically, we envisioned John Robinson and John Madden, since we don't know what either of them are doing now, living together in a retirement home, <laughs> um, which is pretty good. But anyway, um, this week it's the, it's back with the Bengals. And so one of the things we'd love to do is we go through the, uh, the, the teams that the bears are playing and look at their coaches, especially their interim coaches. Like the lions have had like a million interim coaches. It's, right. it's like their specialty is firing coaches during the season. Uh, I think the Saints have done it a lot, too. Maybe the Falcons. Um, but the Bears have never done it. Now, partially it helps when the one guy coached your team for the first 60 years, or whatever the hell right. it was with Hallis. But still, I mean, they've had some real dopes. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, had, they had, you know, Abe Gibran and the Neil Armstrong who didn't walk on the moon. Yeah, the, the non-astronaut Neil Armstrong. And they, Jack and, Pardee and... Yeah. Uh, the one I... Uh, the one that I always astounds me that didn't get fired, and that's why I don't think Nagy has any chance of getting fired in season, was Mark Trussman. Mark Trussman, yeah. Because not <laughs> only did the Bears completely fall apart in his second season, and and they got they had the they lost to the Patriots. They gave a fifty points to the Patriots. Had a bye week. Played the Packers and, and gave a fifty five points. Mm-hmm. I think it was fifty like fifty two to the Patriots, fifty five to the Packers. So he gave up one hundred and seven points in two weeks. The right. defense had completely quit on him, completely. Well, and this was at it was at Green Bay, and this and, and this was the whole suppose there was a whole meeting, emergency meeting in the McCaskies at yep. Green Bay, right? Remember this? Yep. And you're thinking, okay, we're going to see the white smoke, and there's going to be a new pope, and Mark Tressman is gone, and nothing happened. They didn't. They, nothing they, happened. They basically made the decision during that game that he was he wouldn't be back, but they didn't yeah. see any reason to get rid of him during the season, <laughs> which. Leads me to something like that's going to happen this year, where they're going to be like, "All right, this isn't long. We've got we went out and we got the the quarterback, and now we've got this guy. Clearly, doesn't know what to do with it. We'll get rid of him after the year." Um, I mean, I want to see him do something bold. I want to see him like uh, fire Nagy and you know hire Bruce Bochy or something. I mean, just even if you have to go out of the, you have to go out of the sport. Right, hire What's Dale. Jack Shea. McKeon up to these yeah. days. Jack, how old are you? Eighty-seven. Yeah, have you ever seen a football game? Well, there you go. They get they get Joe Madden. They get Joe Madden to run. To well, yeah. Today. I mean, even if he's he can keep the Angels' job. Yeah, it's the off season. What's he's got a few doing? weeks. He's yeah. got three, two weeks of that anyway, and then he's free. So yeah, come October, Joe's Joe's available. Yep. Let's do that. Right, he'll be he'll be done long before spring training. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. That. That's go. perfect. Reinvigorate the team. We get the Imagine video commercials telling. back with the the segue. Yeah. 
bringing Justin Fields in, and he's like, oh, "Did I ever tell you that I, you know, I played freshman, I played quarterback freshman year at Lafayette." <laughs> we heard that story a thousand times. Yeah, but why that not? Would be outstanding. That would be outstanding. Joe Madden, third game in October. You're at Chicago Bears head coach. I like it. All right. So on Sunday, according to our good friends at DraftKings. They're not a sponsor, but they ought to be a sponsor. I was um, going to say, they're, they're not a sponsor. So are, no, they, are, they, they, are they really good friends? Let's think about it. See, if that. I was smart, what I would do is I'd go to Bet Rivers and be like, you know, you guys want to sponsor the podcast? But considering that every time they run a video with Mike Ditka on it, on their Twitter thing, I can't help but comment on the fact that the coach, I think he died. And they just no <laughs> one will tell him. I mean, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Bet Rivers is going to want to hop on the podcast. Maybe they will. If anybody from Bet Rivers is listening, contact me. You can have the Manscaped spot. Um, <laughs> do you think the Bears are favored at home against the Bengals? Well, they. I was, gonna, I was about to blurt out a yes, but now I have to think <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, it would be pretty sad if they weren't. Yeah, it would be. So, you know, rule of thumb, right, is that uh, being the home team is worth three points. Three points, yeah. So uh, it's not exactly a huge vote of confidence that the Bears are two and a half point favorites. Oh, two and a half points. <laughs> Let's the the bookmakers like put them within the margin of error because this right. is a, this it, that's basically a coin flip when you get yeah. under three. They're like in a neutral field. The Bears lose this game, but okay. Uh, the over under is forty five. Okay. Um. <sighs> yeah, you know. Like, and again, now there should be an over under on, on how many plays Justin Fields plays. Yeah, I wonder if they have any. Do they do? Do they have this kind of week to week props? Uh, quarterback props. It's a good thing to do on the uh, right on the podcast. Yeah, just look this stuff up. Well, here's how confident they are. So they have quarterback props for some of the games. There is one quarterback prop on the Bears Bengals, and it's uh, the over under on Joe Burrow's yardage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, over 265 uh, or 267 and a half is your, you have to go over under that number. Hmm. That's, uh, they're basically saying that, that bear, uh, not a lot of confidence in that that bear bear defense is bad. Yeah. Well, didn't uh, Stafford had the best QB rating of his entire career? It was the 20th. And so that was the other thing we didn't talk about. I neglected to, it's not like the bears had no familiarity with the Rams' yeah. new quarterback. It was the 23rd time he played against them. <laughs> and they're like, wow, this guy's good. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Is that Sad Castle? No, it's Matthew Stafford, you idiots. We played him for years. Uh, let's see, what do we get here? Props for the Bears, Bengals. Uh, Bengals, total touchdowns. Over two and a half. Over or under is two and a half. So if, same for the Bears. I got to go over on the on the Bengals touchdowns, don't you? I mean, what what gives you confidence? Have you seen this Bear defense? Yeah, I guess the play is probably then the uh, Bengals over or under points is only twenty one and a half. Bears obviously because they're the favorites, twenty three and a half. Yeah. Um. Boy, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it though. I'd be. It would be interesting because uh, I think it was actually Bet Rivers, right? I actually had a over-under <laughs> on Fields' plays, and I think it was a half a play. 
So I think all he had to do is if he, he ran out of the field, he won. That was it, yeah. But, um, all right, so, yeah, so Bears two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I mean, I, well, I, I, I saw hunks of Vikings – Bengals, which is you know basically that's all you can take. That's all you can stomach are hunks of Bengals yeah. and and Vikings. Uh, Vikings are very good. No, so I don't think the Bengals are any good. I mean the the entire division, the entire NFC North is not too good. Right. I mean that the, that Packer. All I kept thinking watching that game was, you know, we had the whole discussion last week about Vegas basically wanted you. Wanted you to bet the over at ten and a half wins, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, that's ridiculous. They've averaged thirteen wins a year the last two years, and you get an extra game. And then you watched him play, and you went like, oh, oh, maybe there is something to that. You guys are pretty smart, aren't they? But I don't know. I just I think that um, they get a they they get such a soft landing in the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous to think, well, they're just going to go 6-0 and in the division, but they might very well just do that. And they only have to win five other games to get to 11. Right. Uh, but I'm not betting on the fucking Packers, so don't worry about that. Um, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm against my better judgment, I'm going to take the Bears to cover. Okay. And I'm going to take the over. I think the over is easy. I think, I I don't think either team... Uh, it's put up much of. I don't think either team's defense can put up much of a fight. I don't right. know how much of a fight the Bears' offense can put on, but I think hopefully it'll be enough. Yeah. Well, I got to go with the Bears winning. I, you know, I don't bet. <laughs> as, as, uh, this one, I can't. This, I, this, this is a stay away for me. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a gambler at all. I would. Uh, but I would certainly take the over and, and the Bears. I just, you know, I got to go back to that. I got the Bears winning two out of the next three. And, boy, there's not much that gave me, from what I saw Sunday night, that gives me much confidence. Because as I told you, as bad as they looked on TV, yeah, let me even, tell you. Even worse than real life. It's a lot worse in person. So the, the Bears' schedule has the oddity of it's every other – they, they at no point have two home games in a row or two road games in a row. Yeah, that's bizarre. They alternate the entire season, which is, you know, I guess kind of nice for the team. There's no, uh, you know, I, not that you have road trips in the NFL anyway. It's not like, right. I guess occasionally yeah. like a West Coast team, if they're going to have two games on the East Coast, will stay. Yeah. But I, the Bears would only do that if Vag wouldn't like pony up for the plane ticket. You're right, right. Yeah, I was going to look and see if there's anything anything jumps out line-wise. Uh, well, like the Niners, who played Detroit last week, are, play, are in Philly this week. Uh, I would guess if you're in Detroit, you just you want to go home. So they probably aren't staying out on the... Browns are 12.5-point favorites over the Texans. Okay, wow, that's a lot. Uh, that's the only big line. No, it's not the only big line. Bucks twelve point favorites over the Falcons. Hmm. 
And the Packers are 11-point favorites at home against Detroit. Wow. Those are big lines for the NFL. You don't yeah. get a lot of double-digit lines. Even the Bears, as bad as, as much as we all assumed the Rams were going to kick the shit out of them, um, it was only seven and a half. Right. Hmm. But, so we'll see. All right, so hopefully when we do this again next week, we'll be talking about, uh, can you believe Andy Dalton threw for 500 yards? <laughs> Maybe the Bears should trade Justin Fields. They need draft picks because they don't have a first rounder next year. Yeah, and Dalton clearly is the is the solution. He's the future. All right. Well, we'll see. So we will. What? We'll be back at it again next week. What announcing crew are we going to get? Do you think? Oh, that I really I did want to look that up. Yeah. Um Let's see. So it's. I guess the only thing I'll get to know is network. Bears, Bengals. So it's going to be on Fox. So I would guess. I don't think we're getting Joe and Troy. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, we're going to get Ryan Dempster with somebody on this game. We're gonna get Beth. We're gonna get Beth Mullins and Ryan Dempster. <laughs> Let's see for uh, so Fox games. Actually, where can I get the whole thing? Makes for good podcast when I look Google things. It's compelling because we can figure this out based on who the other games are. Yeah. How about Brad Paisley and Peyton Manning? Now that'd be a crew. Yeah. All right. So the noon games are CBS has Pats, Jets, Broncos, Jaguars. Ooh, Broncos, Jaguars. There's a. <laughs> and Fox has Bills, Dolphins. Niners, Eagles, Rams, Colts. Hmm. So, well, let's see. Let's do it the other way. Who has the after the CBS has the doubleheader? Okay. The only Fox game in the afternoon is Atlanta and Tampa. Hmm. No, they also have Minnesota and Arizona. So Joe and Troy won't be on those. No. They will probably get. Uh, what is the best game? Uh, they might send them to the Niners Eagles, maybe. They're both 1-0. Or Rams Colts. Yeah. Looking at this, I, I think we're looking at probably Bengals Bears being the f- get the fourth team on Fox. Okay. Who is that? The second team is um, uh, former Bear Greg Olson is on that, mm. which is pretty aggressive scheduling for a guy in his second. Yeah. Oh, I th- I think I know who we're getting. Who is it? Uh, we could very well get Marquis' very own Chris Myers. Oh, here we go. And Moose Johnston. <laughs> it smells like one of theirs. Myers and Moose. Uh, I think we're in that range or uh, Adam Amin. 
Hey, not bad. Right. And That'd Mark Schlereth. Oh, not good. That's not who his good. partner is. Okay. Um, boy, there's a lot of former Bears. We also could get Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez. See, that would be exciting. Yeah. So that's what I think we're getting. Your choices yeah. are... Uh, Myers... Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, I don't uh, – maybe, maybe because only because the game's in Chicago. Maybe they maybe they go, all right, that's, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think we're probably more in the Amin Schlereth, Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, or Moose Johnston, Chris Myers zone. Range. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see what it is. Um, this might be the most exciting thing we talk about this entire season is who the announcer is. Who the announcers are. are. Yeah. Would be a good week for Troy, though, to just be, you know, three hours in being mad at Nagy and talking about how ridiculous it is that you draft a uh, draft a quarterback in the in the top half of the top third of the first round, and you're running, you're jacking around with Andy Dalton instead. But, well, would he do that though, or would he do that? Chris Collinsworth carry water for Andy Dalton, and you know, oh, the Bears are making the right decision here. Actually, I have a feeling he you might not hear him rip on Dalton, but he's proven that he has. He thinks Nagy's a moron. That's true, yeah. But he's not wrong. But uh, hopefully there won't be a lot of uh, learning lessons for the Bears. Let's hope not, yeah. Uh, maybe a rules refresher this week? Yeah. Do, do you have to catch, if you're a receiver, do you have to keep two feet in bounds? Or, or is it one? Is that another learning lesson we might be subjected to? It could be. Yeah. All right, we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Matt Nagy is doing a lot of cleanup this week, so we'll. Maybe we'll what he did how... was he's like, you know what, we can't beat the Rams. I'm just. We're not going to use any of our good stuff in this game, and we're just going to throw it all at the Bengals. <laughs> Seventy-eight to three, the Bears win. <clears throat> Shuts everybody up. Yeah. So, let's say even though it's the Andy Dalton revenge game. Um, what if they get down like seventeen to three? Don't you have to just go to Fields then? They have to. I mean, first of all, the the crowd won't let them. The you know. Well, yeah, the crowd is gonna. Um... It's gonna be a rough. I feel like it's gonna be a rough day for Andy Dalton. If, he, if Andy yeah. Dalton struggles, if every struggles... Inc- every incomplete he he'll get booed when he comes on the field. Yep. Just for being. Just for not being Justin Fields, right? It's not fair to him. It'll every it'll every incomplete every incompletion is going to get booed. Yeah. God forbid he throws an interception. Oh boy! And I did think it was funny yesterday. So um, uh, they were talking about the Mannings were talking about how because the Vegas crowd was so excited that uh, the Vegas was having a hard time audibling in their own stadium because the fans were just the fans they had the ball and the fans were cheering, right. And it's like, hey, we have a football team. You know, hey, right. we're drunk. Hey, we're all together. Hey, we're in Vegas. Woo. And they're like, I can't believe that. And I'm like, oh, buddy, you guys, you know, have you never seen a Bears game? Yeah. The Bears have to actually put like that stupid quiet offense at work <laughs> thing on this video board to get the fans to shut up. Yeah. Because we, they start screaming when they're at the line. Not that it matters with those clowns. No. Um, but yeah, it could get it could get ugly really fast which would be kind of fun. Um, 
the another stupefying thing that Nagy said uh, about the game was that had the game been closer, Fields would have played more. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. What, the, what, the what does that even mean? That mean? <laughs> oh, so if we had a chance to win the game, we would have put Fields in? So isn't that kind of saying he's the better quarterback? One of the things I get really annoyed by, it was a criticism of him at Ohio State, and it's a criticism of him already in the, was a criticism of him in the preseason, was the idea that Justin Fields holds the ball too long. That's they keep saying he holds the ball too long. Um, the thing that they won't tell you though is that what does it lead to? Does he get sacked a lot? No. No. Uh, does he then? It's like okay, what? You claim he holds the ball too long. What is the but then? What's the negative outcome right. from him holding the ball too long? Because really, what you see is a guy who never, who doesn't panic, right? Who will hang in the pocket till the very last second, right? And then if he needs to, he can just run because he's the fastest freaking guy on the field, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I you hear that that was little Dan Orlovsky kept going on and on about that, about he gets locked in and he keep, won't get off one guy and then he holds the ball too long. And then all the highlights are him throwing touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I think guys, we're just, we're trying to nitpick at this point. A little bit. Yeah. Plus if you have Ohio state's line, you, you can hold on. To and that's the ball. exactly it. It's all right. <laughs> I'm not going to get hit. So yeah. I'm going to wait here until okay. Now I can throw to that guy. Yeah, I got five first rounders in front of me. I'm good. I can, I can, yeah. I can take my time and survey the field. Right. Now he will not have that when he plays. For no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that whole and that that whole thing just confused me about the. Um, well, that's just lazy analysis. That isn't at the knock on any rookie quarterback. Oh, he stares, doesn't go through his progressions. Yeah. Stares down the what? Oh, stop. Oh, he's got. Um, By so, the way, didn't Mac, isn't Mac Jones playing? Uh, you, you know, is it? Uh, and, and I'm sorry, who's the coach of that team? Oh, some, I don't know, some hack. Yeah, some hack. Oh, Bill Belichick. That's right. Oh, that's it. He's won a couple Super Bowls, hasn't he? Um, so it's all five court, all five rookies played. All five either scored or threw a touchdown pass, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Um, it's not lost on some people that the three white guys are starting and the two black guys aren't. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, although the Niners have a much more sensible like usage of Trey Lance than, of course, than the Bears do with Fields. Right. Lance seems to actually have like certain. There are certain parts of the field where it's Trey Lance time. Yeah. Like. And he is not nearly as – it made sense, I guess, that if any of the five wasn't going to start, it would have been Trey. He only played 13 games in college. He played FBS or FCS, you know, 1AA. Um, he only played one game in the last year. They played one game last fall, and then that was the total extent of their – they played a spring season, and he didn't. He's like, uh, sorry, sorry, guys, I'm going to the draft. Yeah. Um, so that that one made sense. Um, so but, they have a Trey Lance package, in other words. Uh, they seem to have several. Right. Um, like, it seems to be kind of based on, like, basically, I think, like, it looks like if it's third and three or less, it's Trey. If they get in the red zone, it's Trey. If it's, basically, if there's anywhere where his feet are going to be a problem for the defense, they're going to put them in a bind, it's time to put Trey on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, I think, need to work him in uh, aggressively early in the season because Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt all the time. 
Right. So at any moment he might be the guy. He might it might be it might be Trey time over there. Um, so the Bears with the far more advanced quarterback, the far more glaring need, are the ones that aren't playing him. I mean Belichick just cut Cam Newton. Yeah. Basically just handed it to Mac and said, we don't, you know. Yeah. And Cam yeah. even said, like they asked him, he got that interview about it. And he's like, I, he goes, I didn't, wasn't happy about it, but I got it. Yeah. You know, I'm. No, no confusion. I'm, well, this is our guy. I mean, That's Cam it. was being, it was the, the interview. If you've ever seen the interview, it's great. So Cam, he has this fedora on that he has cut a hole in the top of because he has his hair and these kind of dreadlock things that are sticking up out like antlers. They're sticking up out of the hat. So he like takes the $500 mink hat, cuts a hole in the top of it, sticks his hair out of it. <laughs> what he's, what he basically says in the interview is like, I get it. I'm, I'm Cam Newton. If I'm on your team, if I'm the backup, half the locker room thinks I ought to be the quarterback. Right. And how fair is that to the rookie when you're trying to hand the team over to him to have me? That's right. So I kind of get that. Um, but yeah, Belichick looked at the guy and looked at Mac and said, "All right, he with him we can run everything we want to run, so we're just going to give him the job, and right. we don't need the safety net of Cam. He's just going to go away." The the so the the Pats felt safe in cutting a former NFL MVP. The yeah. Bears can't even bench Andy Dalton. No, no, can't do that. All right. It's. Oh. I wish this was like pretty soon. This will be wrapped up, and we'll just we'll just talk about we'll go forward with Justin Fields and then everything. But it's it's not going to be. This is going to be a. This might be the only interesting part of the first half of the Bears season, which is sad. yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, it was. Even if you lose the first game, your hope is that you see some things. You're like, all right. They're they're good at this and they're good at this and they got to improve this, right? But what the hell are they good at? Yeah, not nothing. Not, not only that, you, you you saw the opposite. You saw, oh shit, the defense is really bad. Yeah, like we thought they would be pretty good. The thing we used to, the thing we always knew we could hang our hat on. They yeah, can't bail the offense out, and the offense hasn't progressed to a point where they can pick up the slack. Oh, they can't. They have it. They're they're at the same for terrible miles level from that. Yeah, that they've been. I mean, they're no. This offense is no better than it was the day he walked in the door. The genius, I mean. The, yeah. the visor, Darth Visor. Darth Visor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they really aren't. So, the fifth season of this. Yeah. And what do we got? Fifth season. Fourth. Four season. Twelve yes. and four, eight and eight, eight and eight. Well, I'm sure it'll all come together. I did like how he was talking a few weeks ago about how uh um you know, uh the Kansas Kansas City, it took us like five or six years that, that offense really got rolling. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you're not getting five or six years. You're not Andy Reid. No, and then of course no. if you look at it, in yardage, that was kind of true. They took a huge step up. But in points scored they were top ten, those even those first five years. Yeah. So their offense was not obviously not what it turned into, which is, you know, a juggernaut, but it was good. Right. 
They were scoring yeah. points, which is the whole object of having an offense. They give you the ball. That's... You're supposed to take the ball to the other team's end zone. Ideally. Um, the Bears do not the Bears do not do that. They make infrequent visits <laughs> to the end zone. Right. It's like the the grandma is in the nursing home in the end zone. And every <laughs> once in a while, you're like, I guess we should probably go see grandma. We should probably say hello at some point, but not too often. I don't like the way it smells in there, but yeah. fine. We'll, we'll stop by. <laughs> Are they still doing the COVID thing? Can we just go to the window and wave at her? No, we have to go in? All right, fine. Great. All right, and with All that, right. um, I guess we'll really wrap this time. up. So we Until will. Next uh, Till next time. Go Bears. Go Bears. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Many of us have herpes. 